Bye-bye. Stay classy. RTHK News. It's one o'clock. I'm Pierre Tremblay. The top story is Carrie Lam calls on people not to discriminate against mainland migrants. Nursing sector lawmaker warns against complacency amid the dengue fever outbreak and Donald Trump takes a bite at Apple after it warns his trade policies could force it to raise prices. The chief executive Carrie Lam says housing policy will be a top priority in her upcoming policy address and that a multi-pronged approach is necessary. Speaking on an RTHK radio program about her address, Mrs. Lam also rejected calls to reduce the quota of one-way permits for migrants from the mainland. Francis Sitt reports. Mrs. Lam faced an array of calls from the public to review the system. People said the daily quota of 150 permits should be cut or even temporarily suspended. Others said Hong Kong should fed the applications rather than mainland authorities, claiming that the migrants make the housing shortage worse. The Mrs. Lam reiterated that most mainland migrants came here for family reunions and that there wouldn't be a big difference in terms of selection criteria even if Hong Kong does the vetting. Mrs. Lam also said her policy blueprint would contain details of the plan to cancel the contention MPF offset mechanism, which allow employers to make severance payments from MPF contributions. The chairman of the Science Park, Sunny Tsai, says he believes Hong Kong can integrate successfully with the Greater Bay Area in terms of Innovation and Technology, or I&T. Mr. Chai said the technology clusters that the park has been working on are similar to those on the mainland. Mr. Tsai also explained why Hong Kong is attractive to innovators. First of all, with our legal system, our IMP, uh, our university's standings, uh, in the latest KOS uh, among engineering school and science schools, three universities are rated within uh, the top 50. So this is not an easy thing to achieve. We wish Hong Kong to be the front end of our INT among uh, uh, Greater Bay Area cities. The Chief Secretary, Matthew Zheng, says the aging population poses a threat to the sustainability of public finances. In his weekly blog, Mr. Zheng said the number of elderly people will double in the coming 20 years while the birth rate remains low. He said such demographic changes will lead to a shrinking workforce and a rise in medical and welfare expenses. Mr. Zheng says it's important to attract foreign talent through different immigration policies to enhance productivity, but it should be done without affecting in the interest of local workers. Nursing sector lawmaker Joseph Lee has warned the public not to overlook how serious further outbreaks of dengue fever could become. There have been a, rec- a record number of locally acquired infections this year. Speaking on RTHK's letter to Hong Kong, Mr. Lee said the authorities should carry out anti-mosquito operations throughout the territory and not just at two places where patients had visited. Residents and visitors of the Lion Rock Park or Changzhou may unnoticeably carry mosquito eggs that has been laid on their clothes and backs to the city centre and, as a result, scale up the modes of spread in the community. In view of the situation, it suggests that Apart from carrying out district-based anti-mosquito operations, the government should also initiate a territory-wide exercise on prevention of mosquito bites and mosquito beating to avoid further outbreaks of the disease. An Uber driver has been arrested on suspicion of placing hidden cameras in his car and providing illegal car hire services. Police found two pinhole cameras hidden in the back of the driver's and front passenger's seats and two smartphones containing indecent footage. Officers suspect the cameras were used to film the legs of passengers in the back seats. 
The U.S. president has taken a swipe at the tech giant Apple after the company warned that his his proposed tariffs on Chinese goods could result in higher prices for some of its most popular products. In a tweet, Donald Trump said Apple should make their products in the U.S. instead of China. China's trade surplus with the United States reached an all-time high in August, despite the imposition of U.S. tariffs. From Washington D.C., here's the BBC's Chris Buckler. The difference between imports from China to the U.S. and the goods exported the other way reached 31 billion dollars in August. To try to cut the trade gap, Donald Trump has already placed tariffs on tens of billions of dollars of Chinese goods, and the president says he might introduce even more tariffs, which could, in effect, raise the cost of importing almost everything from China. That's led to concerns that the greatest impact could be on American consumers. You're listening to RTHK. The time is five minutes past one. North Korea has held a military parade to mark the 70th anniversary of its foundation. No footage of the parade has been released yet. The BBC's Laura Bicker reports from Seoul. We are told that hundreds of trucks carrying thousands of troops lined the riverbank in Pyongyang this morning as North Korea prepared to celebrate its birthday with a show of strength. These massive parades with thousands of goose-stepping soldiers displaying their devotion to the Kim family are usually also accompanied by a show of the North's latest military hardware. However, some analysts believe that Kim Jong Un may tone down the usual militaristic display after his recent summit with the U.S. President Donald Trump. The two sides are technically still at war, and recent talks to persuade North Korea to disarm have stalled. The world's first attempt to clear plastic from the oceans has been launched in California. The vast marine debris collection system has been towed out of San Francisco Bay to collect plastic drifting in the eastern Pacific. A huge boom will gather floating plastic where currents have created an area known as the Great Pacific Garbage Patch. Lunake Holierhuk is the project's chief operating officer. We feel we're in a great hurry. There's a large sense of urgency. The plastic that we encountered in the Great Pacific Garbage Patch is of a larger volume, which makes it relatively easy to collect with our proposed solution. However, if we don't do it now, all this plastic will start breaking down into smaller and smaller pieces. Sweden's Prime Minister Stefan Löfven has spoken on the final day of the general election campaign about the dangers of extremism and fascism. He said that any votes for the anti-immigration Sweden Democrats would be like trying to quench fire with alcohol. The party is expected to substantially increase its vote share when the polls open later today, later on Sunday. The BBC's Jenny Hill is in Stockholm. Sweden, in the last few years, took in more people seeking asylum per head of population than any other European country, and the Sweden Democrats have made political gain out of that crisis, focusing on what they say is migrant-related crime. This election will no doubt be closely scrutinised in other EU capitals, not least because, like so many other European countries, Sweden, for for all its long liberal tradition, seems to be shifting. To the political right, sport Naomi Osaka has become the first Japanese tennis player to win a Grand Slam singles title, beating Serena Williams six two six four at the U.S. Open. There was high drama in the second set when the umpire penalized Serena Williams for code violations. The BBC's Russell Fuller was watching the action. Serena Williams was first of all given a code violation warning for receiving coaching from the stands by the umpire Carlos Ramos. 
Then, when she had her serve broken a couple of games later, she threw her racket down in anger, so the umpire had to give her another penalty. This conversation continued and got particularly heated with Williams jabbing her finger quite angrily in the umpire's face and saying, you owe me an apology, you're attacking my character, you're a liar, you're a thief. And at that point, the umpire gave her a game penalty. That meant that Naomi Osaka needed one game to win the match in the title, and she duly did so and lifted the trophy. In the men's competition, Juan Martin del Potro will face Novak Djokovic in the final after defending champion and world number one Rafael Nadal quit his last four clash with a knee injury. Doc Djokovic, who had a straight-set stroll past Japan's Kei Nishikori, is chasing a 14th Grand Slam title to make him level with Pete Sampras on the all-time list. It's definitely one of my favorite tournaments to to, to play because of the conditions and because of the fact that I've played so well and each year that I keep on coming back to to uh, to the US Open I, I know you know that I feel very comfortable here so it, it just allows me to feel more confident playing and starting the tournament and going through it um, and and yeah I mean I had I think I have uh, two two finals one and five losses um, but you know Hopefully I can, uh, I can get one better uh, in a few days. Cricket, England are in good position after fighting back against India on the second day of the fifth test at the Oval. The tourists were 174 for six in reply to England's first innings, 332. Earlier, a well-placed 89 from Josh Butler helped rescue the home side from 198 for seven. England have an unassailable 3-1 lead in the series. To end the news, our top stories... Carrie Lamb calls on people not to discriminate against mainland migrants. The nursing sector lawmaker warns against complacency amid the dengue fever outbreak and Donald Trump takes a bite at Apple after it warns his trade policies could force it to raise prices. The news from RTHK. RTHK Radio 3 Ladies and gentlemen, this is a journey by a journey which along the way will bring to you new color, new dimension, new value, and a new experience. 